Welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Good evening, family, friends, and listeners. Thank you for joining us this afternoon for a very special edition. This afternoon, we're fortunate to have with us the next candidate for the Orange County District 2 Commissioner, Ms. Sandra Fatney Hall. Welcome to the mic. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasant good evening to you. Um, Miss Yolanda and Vanessa, thanks for um, inviting me to be a part of the Voice of Many podcasts and giving me the opportunity to um, let your listening audience hear a little bit about me, why I'm running, who I am, what I've done. So I'm super duper excited and thank you for just giving me this opportunity. Well, thank you, Miss Femi Hall, for sharing the mic with us. Um, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you with us. If you will, um, for our listeners and for our Orange County residents, can you please share a little bit about yourself, a little history? Absolutely. Um, gives me um, a pleasure to do so. Well, humble beginnings. Um, born on the uh, beautiful island of Wood and Water and moved here and moved here, um, I would say, at the age of 12. So for those that may be listening going, wow, where is that beautiful island of Wood and Water? Well, that is the beautiful island of Jamaica. I am um, happy to say that um, it is just that and moved here at the age of 12 to New York. And that's Brooklyn, New York, raised by a loving family that focused and instilled in us the value of uh, giving back, the value to um, put God first, the value to place an emphasis on education, the value of um, a nuclear family. And I will tell you that took me through high school, was very engaged in high school, very engaged, uh, went to... York College to um, complete my bachelor's degree there. And I took these values of family and putting God first throughout these years and um, was involved in extracurricular activities, giving back to the community, uh, taught under school. And I, I, I don't know, I have to tell you, this just continued. I always heard my aunt's and my grandmother's voice in the background just instilling. And when I wanted to stray, just remind me, no, stay on track. This is what we have instilled in you. This is what will help to make you successful. And um, moved on to um, work in accounting, continued school, started my master's, and after a while, it became a little cold in New York. I don't know if because I was getting older, I felt the cold a little bit more, but I really needed to move to a, a warmer climate, warmer climate that also would be a little bit more palatable to my asthma, because being in New York with the windows open and the hot, the cold, you're in, you're out, for air. So um, my sister, Marcia Miller, moved down to Florida, we came down 
and we came down very often for vacations and then we just loved it here. So at first I didn't initially move to um, Florida. I stopped in Atlanta for a little bit because, you know, it's hot Atlanta. <laughs> so um thought it was warm there as well. Only to find out, not so much. In the wintertime, it actually went down sometimes to nine degrees. So then I decided that Florida was going to be it. So moved down to Florida. And um, wow, there's a, there's a lot to tell here. So I don't know if you want me to continue or ask me more questions, but um, there's a lot to tell moving to Florida. I know you, you've, you're a very busy woman. I mean, not just from your upbringing, you've been so active and busy, but you've always been very busy in the community since you've moved to Florida. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, I, I will um, give some credit to my sister because she knew that I loved giving back. I had a servant's heart. So as soon as I moved here 12 and a half years ago, she introduced me to um, individuals in the community that she knew was also very involved and engaged in the community as well. And it started from there. So I would say um, I moved here as a bank manager. When I moved here as a bank manager, I continued that servant's heart. And that servant's heart led to doing seminars, workshops, um, taking the community and putting them first, encouraging um, black ownership of businesses because I realized that it was lacking because a lot of people were timid. They were scared to um, make a, a first step. And the first step just came from knowledge, being more empowered. So those workshops helped to motivate and encourage them. And I always often tell this story that I always tell individuals that there's nothing like owning your own business and making that first step um, opens the door. But I always reminded them that it's always important for you to focus on having the money to open a business, but you also have to have money to stay in business and the importance of marketing. So when I got started there, then I started getting introduced to more and more uh, individuals in the community and I saw where there was a need again for something else. So when I saw the need for the community to come together, work together, be more adaptable to changes that were needed in the community, I got involved um, in the chamber, the local chamber. It's a very diversified chamber and the most diversified chamber here in Florida and it's the Caribbean American Chamber of Commerce represents about 28 countries and there I got to meet a lot of people and worked with numerous individuals in the community those that were already in business and those that were looking to open um, businesses and I just continued that momentum continued that momentum in the schools um, continued working with different organizations civic organizations started working um, towards our own foundation. And that foundation got started about seven and a half years ago. And that foundation is the United Foundation of Central Florida, where I am the founder. And I got together with like-minded individuals that were professionals 
also wanted to bring about solutions and be the change that we wanted to see in the community. And that was enrichment, mentoring, um, after school programs, focused on civic engagement, uh, education of civic engagement, focused on seniors, and all of those led to leadership roles. So while I um, helped in the community under banking, I also became the president right after the, being the president of the chamber. So I became president of the Caribbean American Chamber. Then I became president of the Pine Hills Community Council. I was president there simultaneously. Um, the Pine Hills Community Council is an advocacy group that uh, oversaw, oversaw the 72,000 residents of Pine Hills working with Orange County government. Then I was also the president of United Foundation of Central Florida. So that was three organizations that kept me very busy. One focused on young people and their families. The other focused on every single person in the community of Pine Hills. And the chamber focused on a diverse um, group of people. So that opened up many, 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 many doors. And those doors led to... Um, solutions that were needed in the community. So one of the things that I noticed here and with our group and with the um, partners that we brought to the table, that are young people, um, some wanted to go to vocational school. We um, stepped up and helped there. Some wanted to go to the military. There were just a few that wanted to remain in the workforce and the majority wanted to go to college but did not know how to pursue the higher education because they didn't see a way. They didn't know how to apply for scholarships. They didn't realize the importance of the SAT. So we stepped in to fill that void. And United Foundation of Central Florida, I have to tell you, is proud to say today, seven years later, we're in three schools and growing. We have sent uh, 114 young people to college to pursue a higher education. Awesome. There are two, yes, that are in uh, vocational uh, schools. We have three in the military. Over $111,250 in scholarships have been awarded to these young people and an additional $15,000 to keep them there. And I have to tell you, this is not through grants. This is through friends. Just bringing friends to the table have helped to just bring about this. So I know that we can do so much more with help. Uh, food insecurities became a very big deal last year when the pandemic came about um, almost 18 months now. And I received a phone call because we're so solutions driven to help with the food insecurity. I reached out to a partner and um, mentioned, you know, um, there is a need here. The young people that we serve are in this community. The families that we serve live in this community. They would benefit, benefit from this. So the call is being made because there is a need. So we came up with the idea of possibly doing this um, for 300 families. Now, I didn't know where these 300 families were coming from. I know that we serviced a number of families, but we picked that number. So we made sure that it was a mixture of healthy foods, uh, produce, 
fruits and vegetables, protein, meat, milk, everything that the family needed. And um, wow, I have to tell you, we didn't know that this was going to be the outcome, that a year later, we would have provided over 1,015,000 meals to the community. I, I just... I, I just, I don't understand it myself. Um, if I wasn't involved in it, I probably wouldn't believe it. <laughs> you know? Thank you. And um, we've also, in addition to that, helped um, with homelessness. You know, um, we've been reached out to a number of things. And most excitingly, uh, near and dear to our hearts, May 13th, we finally got a location. And um, that location is now open. It's the United Foundation of Central Florida Solution Center, and it's just that, helping to continue to bring about the solutions that I've spoken about earlier and more to come because I've been reached out to now to help with rental assistance and so much more. So we're extremely excited about where we are today, where we have come from, and the growth that we've had over these years. I mean, you've had... So I wanna ask Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You can go ahead, Mom. Um, you have had your hands in so much and been very successful. Um, with that being said, for our listeners, um, you know, those of us here in in Central Florida, we understand the areas that you're covering. But can you just list some of the the locations that you're covering? Because um, you mentioned Pine Hills, you mentioned Okoye. Can you just list out the areas that you are um, running for in the district as well? Absolutely. As a candidate for the next Orange County District 2 seat for 2022, because the election is next year, the areas that District 2 covers, they are Apopka, Zellwood, Tangerine, Akoli, Lockhart, Eatonville, College Park, and Pine Hills, as mentioned. So it is a huge area that District 2 covers. Very diverse, you know, and um, we start in Pine Hills. Um, I've done some work in Apopka, Coley, just as you have said, but we will continue the success that we've had in um, these areas and take them to other areas in um, making sure that some of the things that I've heard in the listening tours that I've already started can be brought to the table as issues. Um, for those that don't know, a commissioner is responsible for budget, making sure they can pass the budget, and to implement policies that benefit um, every um, area. And the issues are um, just as important because that's your every day, what affects you, life. And I want to make sure that everyone understands the importance of getting involved in their local elections. It's important. Everyone votes during um, a presidency um, year. But um, I think um, the importance of paying attention to what takes place in our local races affects them more. So I really want your listening audience to know that. And I wanted to ask you with your foundation and your experience, what led you to want to become a commissioner? 
Well, I'll tell you, this has been a long time coming from a standpoint of being asked consistently over the past 11 years to run for office, to be a positive change in the community and continue my proven leadership. But I, I just wanted to be that change in the community that I live in because I saw the need. The final push came at the beginning of this year when a few friends in succession consistently spoke about the collaborative efforts accomplished in Pine Hills under my leadership and the positive outcomes. So I started praying about it and truthfully said, God, if this is your will and you bring me to it, please bring me through it. Send the village and I'll tell you, the, the momentum has started. And I, I have to say that he is working on it. Um, he's working on people's hearts. And I, I really feel that now is the time. Now is the time. Um, I, I want to say that I humbly know that and feel that I am most qualified because, number one, I care about the community. I'm a sincere public servant. I started out serving the community because I wanted to bring about positive solutions. And for 10 years, I've done just that. And as a proven leader who consistently produces results through collaboration, I have brought youth enrichment to an all-time high of 97.6% in Heavens High School. 10 years ago, it was 50%. I've helped to increase public safety through a mentorship program with Orange County Sheriff's Office and our Future Leaders United program over the past five years as well as infrastructure development to District 2 through the Pine Hills Community Council. And we have consistently kept the conversation and awareness alive with dialogue and call to action. I am an adaptable leader capable of advocating and acting on the needs of the community. And I'm a neighborhood and business champion for small businesses and community and have been endorsed by businesses across the district as an advocate for the people. So I, I honestly feel that the time is now. And if you are um, involved in uh, making a positive change, you have to first have your mind arrive at your destination before your life does. So I have to see myself there and I see myself there being the change for the community. I like the way you say you have to see yourself there. That's very encouraging and motivational in so many ways. And um, if I had to um, just make it clear what some of the issues yes. that I've heard mm -hmm. um, throughout the different areas, it's increased access to educational resources. Uh, Orange County um, has the Head Start program, which is now open right now to um, residents. And I, I have a strong feel towards making sure that our parents and young people are engaged in that program because this is three to five-year-olds. We're, we're preparing them for kindergarten. And some studies have shown that close to 50% are not ready for kindergarten. So that's near and dear to me because education is a passion of mine. Stronger infrastructure, focus on sewer to septic. There's a health issue there. A lot of our areas that I just mentioned to you, they're on septic, right? Um, we have potholes, roadways, roadworks. Um, over a thousand people have started moving here 
since our pandemic started, every single week, our roads ready, able, and capable of maintaining this traffic. So that means um, schools, um, our schools are now um, heading towards capacity if they're not there already. You have the school buses that are driving down these roads. It's an important um, concern for individuals. Transportation has come up um, several times. Um, those that don't have access to a car, um, how are they getting to work? How are they getting to school? Those are important issues. We have public safety, which across this great nation, we are going through a crisis. I will say that I'm happy to report that Pine Hills numbers um, were recently um, given to us and those numbers are down, but we have to work on the other areas because I can't be a commissioner for one area. I have to be a commissioner for all the areas that I just mentioned that are in District 2. So I have a relationship with the Orange County Sheriff's Office. So let's work on what we can do to bring about solutions everywhere where we can keep our numbers down. And you know, providing equitable access to health care and to healthy foods and to um, just making sure that healthy produce are getting into our homes. So I'm working with a few um, private companies to um, execute this. So that's just some of the things um, that are near and dear to me that I've heard of throughout this um, ride along and um, just definitely talking to residents in these different areas. And then, of course, you'll hear about jobs and all those things. So it's important um, to listen to the voice of the people, be the voice for the voiceless, and help in any area that I can to help bring about a positive change. Yes, definitely being the voice for many, and that's what you are. Yes. And also for the listeners that are in those areas that they can vote for you, do you have the um, the date or at least around the time that they can vote? Sure, absolutely. So first you go through a primary. And the primary for next year is set for August 23rd. So that's August 23rd, 2022 is the date for the primary. So, you know, there, there's so much to talk about around there, but I'll just, um, touch upon some things. It's important that if you are not registered to vote, it's important to log on to your supervisor of election website and register to vote. It's really that simple. It's also important that if you haven't registered for many, many years, your signature might have changed. It's important for you to update your signature because when you're doing a mail-in ballot um, and the signature doesn't match, that is thrown out because they don't think it's you. They think it's someone else. So it's important for everyone to um, read upon SB90, um, which involves so many changes where if you were able to take two or three ballots um, down to the supervisor of elections and put them in those boxes, you're not able to do that anymore. So there's so much education that needs to take place before we get to August 23rd. 30 days prior, everyone has to be registered 
everything updated to register to vote. So there's so much that I will share throughout the next 12 months on this um, campaign trail as I knock on doors and reach out to individuals and just make sure that they're educated, empowered, and informed about what they need to do and have as they get ready to vote. Um, typically in our local races, um, it's less than um, 50% turnout. We've got to work on that. We've definitely got to work on that to make sure that your voice is heard, right? That is one way to do that by voting. And we will definitely make sure that we keep our listening audience, those that are viewing us from our many social media outlets, um, up to date on what needs to take place, uh, renewing, certifying, and making sure that they're ready to vote when August the 23rd comes. Yes, absolutely. This is a nonpartisan race. I would never speak about what you should register on as, but it's important for you to register and exercise that right to vote. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And we'll definitely post information about SB90 as well um, to keep our listeners ready and, and informed. Awesome. Awesome. I want to thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and honor having you with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you both having me on the voice of many podcasts. Um, truly appreciate the work that you're both doing and truly um, appreciate you just vested in continuing to educate, empower, and inform your listening audience. Thank you so much for um, definitely giving this platform and utilizing this platform to do just that. Really is important. You're welcome, and we look forward to having you back to keep your voters and the listeners informed on where you are and um, any upcoming news as far as where you may be in the political. Absolutely. um, Thank you. There is a Sandra Fatme Hall campaign on Facebook and uh, SandraFatme.com will be up and running next week where they can learn a little bit more about who I am, um, what I've done, the issues that I stand for and how they too can help to make an empowered um, decision for the betterment of the community. Absolutely. And to our listeners, we will definitely make sure that all of Ms. Sandra Fatme Hall's information is out there for you. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please contact us on our many social media web pages. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And on behalf of our podcast, our sponsors, and our partners, we want to thank you for listening. And we will talk to you all later. <laughs>